Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Joshua Tree Inn is a hotel located in Joshua Tree National Park in California. The park is described as a magical, spiritual, and mysterious place. The area holds hundreds of accounts of missing persons, unexplained deaths, UFO encounters, and ghostly happenings. The hotel, however, is known mainly for one thing, the death of country rock legend Graham Parsons, and many visitors to the hotel have claimed to witness his ghost. I'm Dave Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Celebrity Hauntings, The Ghost of Graham Parsons. Graham Parsons was born Ingram Cecil Connor III in Winter Haven, Florida on November 5, 1946. His father was Ingram Connor II, a famous World War II flying ace and a witness to the bombing of Pearl Harbor. His mother Avis suffered from depression and his family's life history would take a sad turn. Although his parents were known for being loving and affectionate, they were known to be alcoholics, which led to his father's suicide in 1958 when Graham was just 12 years old. After the death of Graham's father, his mother remarried a local club owner named Robert Parsons, who would eventually adopt Graham and his sister, and they would take on his last name. The family finally seemed to take on a sense of stability for a while, that is, until Robert began having an extramarital affair. This would send Avis into an alcoholic tailspin that would eventually result in her death in 1965 due to cirrhosis of the liver. As his family life was falling apart all around him, Graham buried himself in his music. By the time he was a teenager, he was headlining shows at the clubs that were owned by his stepfather, Robert. Graham's music career took off in the 1960s when he joined the influential folk rock band The Birds for a short period of time before joining the Flying Burrito Brothers with fellow bandmate Chris Hillman. He was credited for discovering country legend Emmylou Harris in 1971, and the duo would collaborate on multiple albums. Unfortunately for Graham, he, like so many other musicians and celebrities, struggled with drug and alcohol abuse. He tried on multiple different occasions to kick his bad habits, but it was always unsuccessful. His favorite place to get high and write music was the Joshua Tree National Park. He frequently visited the park with his close friends Emmylou Harris and Rolling Stones guitarist Keith Richards. While at the park, Graham and his friends would claim to witness ghosts and UFOs, although most people dismissed these claims as hallucinations due to the psychedelic drugs that they were taking while there. However, they weren't the only people who witnessed paranormal happenings in the park. Several other witnesses claimed to have seen similar things while not being on drugs. The Joshua Tree Inn is a little motel in the park that was a popular spot for musicians and celebrities at the time. It also happened to be Graham's favorite spot, and his favorite room was room number eight. During the summer of 1973, Graham's home in Topanga Canyon burnt to the ground. He lost all of his worldly goods except his guitar and his Jaguar. After the fire, Graham stayed with his friend and manager Phil Kaufman. 
the two friends decided to take a trip to Joshua Tree that September with their girlfriends, Margaret Fisher and Dale McElroy. During the visit, Graham partook in many drugs and a massive amount of alcohol. He purchased some morphine from an unknown young woman who was also staying at the hotel. The young woman injected Graham in room number one, effectively overdosing him. His girlfriend, Margaret Fisher, gave him an ice cube suppository and later a cold shower. She put Graham to bed in room number eight and left to get a coffee in hopes of reviving him. When she returned to the room, she found Dale McElroy attempting to revive him. An ambulance was called, but to no avail. On September 19, 1973, Graham Parsons was pronounced dead on arrival at Yucca Valley Hospital from an overdose of morphine and alcohol. Not long before Graham's death, he told his friend Phil Kaufman that he wanted to be cremated and have his ashes spread at Joshua Tree National Park. There was just one problem that Kaufman faced. Graham's family had possession of his body in Los Angeles and had plans to ship it out to Louisiana to be buried with family members. But Phil Kaufman was a man of his word, and he did what any good friend would do. He recruited a roadie who worked for him, and the two dressed up as funeral workers, showed up to LAX in a hearse, stole the body, drove it to Joshua Tree, and set it on fire. The Joshua Tree is now believed to be haunted by the ghost of Graham Parsons, and several guests to the inn have claimed to witness paranormal occurrences. In room number eight, the room where Graham Parsons died, there have been reports of doors opening and closing on their own, locking and unlocking on their own, and furniture moving around on its own. Housekeepers are actually required to carry their cell phones on them at all times in the event that they accidentally get locked in one of the rooms. In 2015, country singer Casey Musgraves stayed in the haunted room and claimed that a canvas painting mysteriously moved from its spot on the wall to a chair on the other side of the room. It's also said that the mirror that hangs on the wall in room 8 was the last place Graham Parsons saw his reflection. The mirror is said to mysteriously rattle against the wall. Both Graham's life, as well as his untimely death, were tragic, and the events that followed his death were nothing short of unusual. Stick around as Jesse, Rob, and myself discuss the hauntings of the Joshua Tree Inn and the celebrity ghost of Graham Parsons. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Hometown Ghost Stories, Celebrity Hauntings. Today, we are covering the ghost of Graham Parsons. What a wild finish to that story. I'm Jesse Wilkins. I'm joined by Rob Coakley. Hello, Rob. I actually cannot wait until I can kidnap Dave Wilkins' dead body, drive it to Plymouth Rock, and <laughs> set it on fire. Not when he's dead, though. We're gonna do this when he's still alive. I think. Yeah, but we're gonna you're gonna burn my dead body while I'm still alive. Yeah. Wow. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna put it out with soup <laughs> when we're done. <laughs> Just pour soup all over Dave's burning body. <laughs> At Plymouth Rock, that is the plan. That is the voice of Rob Coakley. Hello, Rob. 
Hi. Yeah, we've, we've already right. done this. I just really <laughs> want to say hi to you again. And uh, Dave as well. Hello, Dave. What's going on? Thank you for bringing us this haunting tale of Graham. I didn't know this story. I didn't know this musician. I guess I'm relatively familiar with a couple of the songs, but I had no idea that he was uh, haunting this hotel. And I, I'm pretty sure all of the ghost sightings and UFO sightings that they saw at this park, I was like, I can't believe any of them because they were on a bunch of drugs. Psychedelic <laughs> so, drugs too, yeah. like stuff that makes you hallucinate. And you're in a desert, which is a place where you typically see mirages. So all sorts of different uh, possibilities of debunking these sightings. But uh, they weren't the only ones who were seeing them. And people would go there, not on drugs, like I mentioned. And they would see weird things too. So it's UFOs, actually required ghosts. before you enter that park is they make sure that you're on psychedelic drugs. Yeah, right. They actually give them to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Peyote. Yep. It's probably a lot of that out there. Yep. This was an interesting one. And I also wasn't familiar with this haunting. I was actually researching something else. And this was like the article like ended and then started talking about this story instead. And I'm like, what's this? Oh, this is better. <laughs> I'm talking about this <laughs> instead. So it changed gears real quick. And uh, this guy, Graham Parsons, had a pretty tough childhood. Both of his parents were alcoholics and depressed and they died at a young age. So he obviously started out not great and then just kind of immersed himself in his music. And that kind of took a, his life back in the right direction, sort of, except for you see, you see that with a lot of the great musicians, right? Just kind of broken childhood. And this creates pain in their music. And, and some of them, they end up creating some of the best music. I'm not saying that all good artists have to be drug addicts or anything like that, but a lot of the best ones were, and that's just true part of the uh part of the scene i mean it's, yeah. it's all over the place but he definitely had a rough childhood i mean it seems like he kind of took his opportunities and made the best of them i mean it sounds like his stepdad was part of the reason for his success mm -hmm. obviously him being talented helps but the fact that he was owning clubs and then he was able to start working in those clubs and headlining them and everything like that, it sounds like that kind of actually kicked off his music career so not right. all bad but i mean obviously he's kind of taking what he's what he's working with there and, and making the best of it. Yeah. I think the, actually the last celebrity ghost that I covered personally was John Lennon, which was actually a year ago. It's how long it's been since I covered a celebrity ghost and uh, a lot of similar similarities with that child, with his childhood as well. But like you said, that kind of helped him in his music career. I don't know whether it helped with his creativity or what, or if he's just a natural talent, but he was, and he was responsible for for uh, finding Emmylou Harris and making her famous. And she ended up being a huge star. And hanging out with Keith Richards probably didn't help the whole drug addiction thing either. Keith Richards is kind of is uh, he a cyborg? He, he should be dead. He's still alive, right? <laughs> no sense. Remember a few years ago, he fell out of a tree, <laughs> broke his ankle or something. It's like, what? Why was he in like tree? eighty? What was are you doing a, in a tree? <laughs> was it a Joshua tree? Oh, it might have been. It might have been. I don't know. I don't know, actually. That might be worth looking up. Who knows? But uh, Keith he obviously... Knows. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he doesn't I, I, or I, anything I, anymore. Listen, if I were to climb a tree and fall out of it, there's a 0% chance I'm going to be able to identify what kind of fucking tree that was. So True, true. Uh, Joshua Tree looks like it would be pretty uncomfortable to sit in. They look So maybe he jumped up because he was uncomfortable. Maybe he didn't fall <laughs> at all. Maybe. Maybe we're getting to the bottom of this. Yeah, I think so. I think we're starting to figure this out. That's what we're here for. But Graham Parsons' life was what it was, and his, his battle with drug addiction ended 
obviously very poorly. Can we talk about can we talk about the strategy here from the girlfriend? So her <laughs> solution for the overdose, I'm not trying to make light of the situation. Obviously, we've all lost people to overdoses, but was ice cubes and coffee. Well, not just ice cubes. Yes. Suppository, suppository ice cubes. Which is you gotta wonder, was that just a thing? I don't know if that's like a thing, like a Narcan type thing to shock you out of whatever your situation is or or what? Because I mean she didn't Google it. I mean, no, I, mean I, will, I will say an ice cube in the asshole would be a shocking way to wake up. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> I would say so. Maybe this is just what they were into. And she's like, I know what he's gonna wake up from this. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can I, I imagine it's it's kind of like a, a Narcan thing before Narcan existed, because Narcan's supposed to just shock you back awake, basically. And I guess uh an ice cube in the butt would have a similar effect i assume only but, one way to find out boys all right everyone got their ice cubes <laughs> maybe, no, it shocked him. maybe it shocked him to death had anyone considered that yeah maybe it was just suicide after he's like oh well there's no coming back from this <laughs> i'm embarrassed <laughs> yeah not trying but to make light of the situation for all we're, we're gonna get roasted in the oh yeah I, the, itunes reviews for joking about this but so many three-star reviews coming in <laughs> there was that yeah. and then it's like okay if you got Someone who had just OD. This is obviously a serious situation. You call an ambulance, right? right ambulance should be what you do. But then she went out to go get coffee. How long did this ambulance take? Or did she go out to get the yeah. coffee before the ambulance did? Well, I wonder I think- what kind of state he was in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because that's not, it says that he overdosed in room one and she brought him to room eight. But how did they get him to room eight? Was he still able to function? Was he still moving? Was he just kind of groggy? Do you does that why she was that's, like? Yeah, that's what I would assume is maybe yeah. he was still able to kind of move around. Maybe that's why she wasn't panicking. She's like, all right, let me just go get this guy some coffee. He's just drowsy from the morphine or whatever. So mm. maybe, maybe that was the case. Maybe he was conscious for a while. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, morphine's a, a weird drug. I know he took he took morphine, but he had already taken like eight double shots of tequila. So that's a lot. You that those are two things you definitely don't want to mix is any sort of opiate and alcohol. Especially and like and the most powerful opiate and, you know, 16 shots of tequila, not good. And yeah, that's but, literally what they would do like in the Civil War before they amputate your leg. It's like, give this man some liquor and some morphine and let's just chop his leg off and put an ice cream yeah. in his butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so I don't know. I know that I have been on morphine in the hospital for first when I was having surgery. Oh, yeah. And I know that when I was on it, I was just saying real weird stuff like just absolute nonsense coming out of my mouth the entire time. So maybe it was like a combination. He was drunk. He was How do they know you were on it? What? Yeah, since when, even since when do you need morphine to have absolute nonsense come out of your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> they gave me morphine and just nonsense continued to come out of my mouth. <laughs> but um, so maybe, maybe he was just slurring and stumbling and they, they got into his room. I don't know. That part wasn't included, but I know that she did bring him to room eight. She did the ice cube and then went to coffee and then came back and he must've been more dead than he was before. And that's when she called the ambulance and the ambulance was unable to resuscitate. So not even more dead than he was before at that point too. Yep. Uh, So that was, that was the end of him. And then just shit gets even weirder with his buddy, Phil, Mm -hmm. because apparently they had this like bro deal where they're, he's like, I want to be cremated 
and I want my ashes spread in Joshua Tree National Park. And Phil was a man of his fucking word, apparently, because <laughs> he did some wild shit to get that to go down. The had the the family had the body at LAX ready to f- get this thing on a plane and fly it to Louisiana to be buried with his parents, I assume, because they're from Florida. That must have been where they were buried. But he <laughs> for him to recruit the roadie, dress up as funeral home workers, show up in a hearse. Like, where'd they get the hearse? Did they steal the hearse? <laughs> sure. Show up in the hearse, commandeer the body, bring it back to Joshua National Park, and set it on fire. And attempt, I think it Cre- was couldn't have been successful, right? No, no. you can't just, can't just light a body on fire and expect it to be like cremation level no. ashes. No, you absolutely to... not. So they so actually made a movie, and it was either 2004 or 2005, starring Johnny Knoxville called Grand Theft Parsons. And I always wanted to watch it because I knew, like I had heard the story before. So I like knew roughly what was going on, but I, I actually just one of those movies that got away. I haven't watched it. So maybe I'll go back and try to watch it now. I was actually, I, I, I had never heard of that movie. That doesn't surprise me at all. I'm sitting here listening to you tell that story. I'm like, how have they not made a movie about this? Because this is absolutely the, this is the craziest part of this. This is crazier than the hauntings is yeah. the hijacking of the body. And then, just the poor planet. I mean, like, like, how do you plan that out so well? The hearse, the suits. I mean, obviously, all you got to do is just wear a nice suit and you look like a funeral home employee, right? But like the hearse going to the airport, like that's an airport. You're stealing a human being from an airport. Dead or not, that's the airports were a lot different in the 70s, yeah, Jesse. You did whatever the hell you wanted to it's, do at the airport. It's stealing a dead body is still a serious thing to do, especially at an airport, no matter where you do it. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty ballsy. So I got to give it. The, that's like friend of the year, at least maybe friend of the decade. Yeah. Kudos to um, That's uh, this was right around the same time that George Young was bringing suitcases with hundreds of pounds of marijuana into the <laughs> airport to, to ship that around the country. All right. But so friends while, with the flight attendant. While we're at this part, let's go around in a triangle, I guess, because there's three of us. Jesse, when you die, where do you want me to? Um, Go to the airport, stale your body, and what do you want me to do with it? Just put an ice cube in my butt and put me back at the airport. All right. Fair. Dave? I want you to go to the airport, and I actually want you to just hide my body somewhere in the airport. And I want you to hide it so well that no one ever finds it. Mm. Which airport? Oh, good question. Um, I guess Logan. All right. I wasn't sure if you're going to go with Denver since the Denver airport is supposedly like a whole situation. Yeah, never mind. I can't take back my ice cube thing. Well, I'll, you can sure. still do the ice cube. But yeah, but. take me below the Denver airport. Put me in the tunnels in one of those cryo chambers that they have next to Walt Disney and Val Kilmer. Okay. <laughs> so what I want, I'm going to pay my rent a year in advance before I die. I want you to steal my body, bring it back to my apartment, prop it up in my seat, and make sure that I am still on every single podcast <laughs> that we do for Hometown Ghost Stories. But here's where here's where it stops, though, is when we're introing everyone. Like, hey, what's up, Dave? Hey, what's going on? Then we intro Rob, and we just sit there in silence for the full hour waiting for Rob to respond. And that is every episode of Hometown Ghost Stories going forward after Rob dies. Yeah, Each so. episode with Rob in a more advanced state of decomposition. <laughs> It's going to get real dark. I got I to gotta have the beanie, the hometown ghost stories, V-neck, and just leave me there. Yeah, every, every, on. 
you can count the episodes. We'll also start numbering the episodes at that point. You can count which episode it is by how many different air fresheners we've added to the room. <laughs> just to avoid detection. Yeah. It'd be like that scene from seven with just a million air fresheners hanging from the ceiling of the apartment. It's gonna be perfect. Yeah. So so that's what I want. I, yeah. I really hope that you guys um do that. Even if the show's over, restart the show. Like just come back just from a hiatus. The oh, show won't people will know. The show won't be over. <laughs> Probably not. Definitely not. Right. Perfect. So before we hop into the hauntings, can we talk about what happened to the body? Because there's no way they just left it smoldering inside that park, right? Yeah. No, it's still there smoldering to this day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was left really it. hot desert. Need <laughs> more yeah. ice cubes. No ice cubes. Yeah. No, they uh they ended up he was later buried at the Garden of Memories Cemetery in Louisiana, presumably with his family members. And his grave, if you Google that, is uh, pretty terrifying looking. <laughs> yeah, it is not a. It, it's not. It's not a good looking grave. I don't know what they were doing here. Um, I guess we have to pull it up, right? If yeah, we're going to talk it, about it, it. I got it right here. Hang on one sec. There it is. Oh, <laughs> just him. Oh no! Strumming it. It's not a. It's not a nice job. Whoever did this, I'm sorry. It doesn't look yeah. good. I don't, I don't like have it. to apologize. They know this wasn't great. Yeah, it looks it looks Bad like AI generated his hands. It does. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. It yeah. looks like it probably cost a lot of money too. Yeah. Not That's great. No, not great. Yep. Not great. If you're listening on the podcast, jump over on YouTube and take a look at this. Because if you're listening to the podcast, if you ever saw in Star Wars when they oh my god was Han Solo. <laughs> That's exactly what this looks it like. It looks exactly like that. Oh, no, it does. Oh, my God. Oh, Spoiler my alert. Sorry. God. It's literally what it looks like. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is wild. That's not good. Anyways. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So that's probably the reason why he's haunting because he's just, <laughs> just so discontent with the memorial. That's so why he more. wanted his ashes spread because he didn't want that shit to happen. <laughs> this is exactly why he did that. You're absolutely right. 100%. So I'm convinced that this is the reason he's haunting. You're right, Rob. You've, you've solved it. We don't have to get into it. Thanks for listening. Yep. That's it. So that is the reason he's haunting. So it's either that or the fact that he wasn't actually spread at the national park like he wanted to be. Maybe that's why his ghost lingers. In but, fairness, some of him was probably spread at the national park, right? Probably. They did light him on fire a little bit. Probably. I don't know if it was effective enough fire to even get to the point where it would be ashes or if he just got real sticky. <laughs> There's a... Uh, we don't have to get into that. Nope. But uh, the haunting is... Uh, he haunts the hotel and... Primarily, it's room number eight, which is the room he died, but that is not actually the only room that he haunts. And I didn't talk about this in the intro video. I figured I would we could talk about a little bit of it here. So he also haunts room nine, room 10, room 11, and there's different hauntings in each one of those rooms. But there's also a cat 
and the cat is named Sky the Cat. So years after Parsons died, a white cat showed up at the inn. And the interesting thing about Graham Parsons, you can Google pictures of him, is that he had two different colored eyes. One was green and the other was blue. And when this cat showed up, the cat had different colored eyes, one blue and the other one golden. So some people think that's a coincidence. Others think that it actually is the ghost of Graham reincarnated as a cat, which I thought was a pretty interesting theory. That is actually pretty interesting. It, it didn't really sell me until the eyes, but the fact that the eyes didn't quite match, I was there. I was a little let down there. As was I. <laughs> As was I. I don't know if you heard the hesitation. Because yeah, when I originally read this, I just I just thought it was the same colors. And now as I'm reading it out loud, I'm like, mm, all right, whatever. But that's the the ghost cat, which I thought was interesting. So room number nine, and this is according to usghostadventures.com. Uh, a couple checked into room nine late one afternoon and were pleasantly surprised that the motel only had a few rooms occupied. In fact, there were only two or three other rooms rented at the time. However, room eight was vacant. This they were told by the front desk when they checked in. The motel was not renting out the room at the time. The room was cute and clean, and they were excited to explore the property. The couple said, there is an air about this place. Call it what you want. The energy is high. <laughs> There's an air about this place. <laughs> Call it what you want. The energy is high and unshakable. After our tour... And some snapshots, we grabbed a bite to take back to the room and relax. It was dusk, and we took a quick peek through the blinds of room eight just to see what the room looked like. It was dark and hard to see in, but the room was definitely unoccupied. Our six-hour drive to Joshua Tree took its toll on us, so around 8.30 p.m., we unintentionally dozed off to sleep. At 2 a.m., both of us woke suddenly, a little startled, to loud music playing in the room next door. The room was none other than Graham Parsons' favorite, room number eight. Of course, not knowing what to make of it, they both laid and listened until the music eventually stopped. No sense calling in the front desk to complain. The desk agent closed up shop at 8 p.m. When you experience the unexplained, it's automatic to try and make sense of the occurrence. The only sense this couple could make of it is that the hauntings are, in fact, true. It's kind of interesting. I guess my question on this entire haunting at the hotel isn't whether or not the hauntings are real, isn't whether or not this place is haunted overall. I guess I would just wonder, are we sure that it's Graham's ghost at all? And could it just be another Or haunting? just his. Right. Right. I think that um, it's believed that the, the hotel is actually haunted by multiple ghosts. That one sounds like it's a ghost of Graham with the music right. playing. And I actually think, even though that was actually labeled as a haunting of room nine, they said the music was coming from room eight, which was adjacent or across mm -hmm. the hall. So right, that one does actually sound like it is the ghost of Graham. Room number 10. So this says, a haunting of any sort can be exciting or disturbing. It all depends on how you feel about the subject in general. The ghost hanging around in room 10 of the motel seems to be more on the disturbing side of the stone. A guest reported that he was pinned down to the bed in the middle of the night and couldn't move while an alleged spirit form had its way with him. On a lighter note, doors opening and closing and being locked and unlocked are reported in this room as well. Housekeepers of, of the motel refused to go into room 10 alone, not to mention a few other rooms that have unexplainable ghostly happenings. 
Was this ghost holding him down and trying to put ice cubes <laughs> in his rectum? I knew someone was going to go there. They didn't specify, but maybe. Because if they were, that wouldn't be Graham Parsons. That would be his girlfriend. Oh, no, no, no. I don't know if the girlfriend's even dead, but it could be the ghost of Graham Parsons really pissed off about the ice cube incident. <laughs> that's true. And not wanted to one. be alone in his suffering. Yeah, that's fair. True. Room number 11. I don't know. I'm kind of into the ice cube idea if it's like a really hot day. Mm. I mean, things get a little hot sometimes. And Jesus Christ, Rob gets a bidet and now, now he's all ready Listen, to explore that part of his body. Do you <laughs> want to talk about the bidet? Because it is the greatest. No, thing I of all don't. Time. So after many reports of Graham Parsons ghost playing music, it's the, the most middle, refreshing thing your asshole will ever feel. We have to stop talking about Rob's butthole on this show. <laughs> After many reports of Graham Parsons' ghost playing music in the middle of the night, opening and closing doors, and whispering sweet nothings into the guests' ears, paranormal team Ghost Adventures, along with celebrity Lauren Gray, decided to take a look at the motel with the hope of solving the mysterious ghostly happenings. However, it isn't only Graham's ghost in room 8 that people have reported, nor was it the only paranormal activity experienced by the investigative team. In Ghost Adventures episode of the Joshua Tree Inn, Zach Beggins experienced an apparition before their investigation began. Because of course he did. As he walked into the room, as he walked into room 11, he was met by a short, dark figure that resembled cousin It from the Adams Family show. <laughs> Wasn't expecting this. <laughs> the entity gave him the feeling of hostility. <laughs> it's wondered if this is the spirit of a photographer killed by a drunk driver in the motel parking lot on September 17th, 2009, nearly 36 like years to the day since Graham's demise on the property. What the fuck did this photographer look like? We got it. <laughs> All right. Like what led one conclusion to the other? Just because of the day? Because uh, of the day? A yeah, hostile so. cousin. It. I think so. All right. So obviously it's very unfortunate that that photographer was struck by a drunk driver, but man, if he looked like cousin it, that would be an unusual parallel to draw. <laughs> it's, it's gotta be that it wasn't the appearance. It was like the date. Yeah. Of the, of the, uh, the anniversary of his death or whatever, because there's, there's no way. Right. I mean, there's, I, it's possible. I've seen people that look a little like that. Oh man. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, that's, that's it for the hauntings in this hotel. And if you were to walk into really it, if you were to walk into a hotel room and you just see cousin it standing there, is your first instinct that this is a hostile being? I'd be like, no, this is hilarious. <laughs> he's gonna like hand the hat me a, and the sunglasses. He's gonna hand me a hamburger or something funny. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Imagine if you walk into the cemetery and you see that Graham Parsons um, burial plot, like the the, the thing that's in gray, that looks like the Han Solo thing with cousin it standing next to her, you would think that you, you'd have to be on psychedelics. Like what, what is going on right now? Yeah. But I mean, this was a Zach Baggins. You think he was on psychedelics? No, I, I don't know. Not. I'm I just, know. I'm just saying like all the weird shit encompassed within what goes on between this entire story. Like, is this, everything's kind of batshit crazy, right? Like it's all insane. Yeah, it what? is. Well, I mean, this whole this whole national park has a ton of hauntings tied to it, I'm sure, as we're not surprised. We just covered a national park recently, and they all seem to have these weird cryptids and UFO sightings and mm -hmm. hauntings. And I didn't really want to get into them because it is a location that we could probably cover in the future on a, as a regular episode. 
Right. But I mean, this place is chock full of paranormal happenings. That's true. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know where to go with that. That there's there's a lot going on here. We can't. I mean, we also mentioned that some guy had an account where basically a ghost had its way with him. So it's like now you're dealing with an incubus or a succubus or something. And and I mean, who knows what that interprets to? We assume we know, but at the same time, it's like now we're dealing with something way more serious than all of the other hauntings that have taken place here. We're right. no longer talking about the gross the ghost of Graham. We're talking about something sent from hell, basically. And this is a, a very serious thing, if true. So that that opens a whole bunch of doors. We don't have time to get into all, into all that, but that's no, actually that's turned into a much more serious haunting. Yeah, it's actually a really common haunting. We don't really get into those on the show, uh, but they are very common. Ed and Lorraine Warren hit on a ton of them. They have a ton of case files on stuff like that. So it does, and like you said, that is definitely something that sounds like it's a lot more serious than all the other hauntings that are going on there. So if true, yikes. Yeah. So I think, I think it's definitely possible that his ghost could be haunting this location, but it sounds like it's also being haunted by a lot more than just him. Yeah. It was probably haunted beforehand too. Right. Probably. Like I would assume. So yeah, I agree. I would, I would agree as well. Crazy. All right, and if you are a Graham Parsons fan and that's why you're here, please leave us a five-star review. And if you want to be one of our Patreon members, oh, you can join Patreon and we can um, name you something like Graham Parsons is the greatest person ever of all time. We There's so, a 0% chance if they like this guy, they're still here. So we apologize to everybody else. <laughs> Speaking of patrons, let's thank them real quick. Allison V, Dakota G, Jeannie R, Lisa J, Michael B at Blake, Mom and Pops W, Robert H, and Inspires Gaming. Those are your VIPs. Thank you guys so much for being part of the team. We also have Adam S, Amby Rose, Anna C, Chris C, Cody G, Culloden. We have Donnie N, Elizabeth Y, Lily, Jake V, Janice G, Marfire, Matthew T, Papa Squatch, Rachel B, Sarah C, Steph A of the COTS, Sydney B, the other Rachel B, Al Capone, Al Capone's allegedly poorly taxidermied corn dinosaur, Al Capone's allegedly poorly taxidermied wife, Alicia Espinosa, Anthony Carrington, Limits Be Damn Petit, Ashley M, Brandon W, Brennan, 10 foot by 10 foot demon cat. We have Kathy McSlugs, Kath Q, Colby 0204, Huska Castle, Huggy Bear, Joe R, Kiralee J, Mark M, Mariah M, Nick, Nuthouse Queen, Paul from St. Louis, Sam from Nepal, Sarah R, Scotty L, Solar Flare, and Swanee, as well as Soph and Hooper. Thank you guys so much for being VIPs. $3 a month gets you early access to disasters like this. You have um, <laughs> ad-free episodes, bonus content, all sorts of fun stuff. There is a lot of side content that is available and coming out because spooky season is coming up, which means we'll be doing a whole lot more Halloween spooky things, which means a lot more behind the scenes stuff for Patreon. So you don't want to miss out. There's a little as $3 a month. You get yourself on that list. Also for VIPs, we're going to be sending out annual t-shirts. That's part of the new perk package because VIPs are so special and near and dear to us. So once a year, we will send you out a updated hometown ghost stories shirt. So if you haven't already reach out, David, are you about to object? No, I am about to add something. Oh, that's very important, by the way. It's got to be colored in. Colored in. If you're out there colored. and you're wondering why we can't pronounce your name, shoot us an email. <laughs> <laughs> but also coming to Patreon very soon is promo codes for merch. Yay. Your hey. tier will have its own promo code. Obviously, the highest will be the 
$20 tier and it'll go down accordingly. But yes, you can use those codes to get discounts on merch going forward. How exciting. That sounds good. Also coming forward, October 20th. If you're in the area, Plymouth, Massachusetts, we'll be hosting our 100th episode party at Second Wind Brewing. Uh, details are on Discord and on the socials, or just reach out to us if you'd like to know, but we will have more exclusive stuff available there and all sorts of fun stuff. And we're very excited to run into some of you in person and meet and have a good time in Plymouth. That's the plan. Tuesday, going to Denver. That's where we are. Yes. So Dave um, was very excited about it on the episode this week. He couldn't (laughs) wait to talk about Denver. What do you want me to do? Spoil everything? (laughs) <laughs> a little bit speaking so of spoilers what's the uh, next horror movie that we have on the list um i believe we are doing uh um, killer clowns from outer space yeah i believe so but that's not 100 percent yet i gotta send some emails mm. oh that sounds like fun anyways i think that'll pretty much do it anything else gentlemen that's gonna oh. do it for me cool thank you for tuning into another episode of hometown ghost stories celebrity hauntings we'll see you on tuesday for a brand new live episode goodbye